Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. So I'm here with the lovely Carol Lander for our Mama Interview 14. Um, and Carol, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers again. <laughs> I'll just put mine over here. Sure. <laughs> so we might start with how, when and why um, you became involved in drama education. Okay, well, it was a long time ago, Ellie, <laughs> back in the 60s. <laughs> um, I enrolled as a, a, a trainee teacher, what we call a pre-service teacher now, um, at a college called St. Luke's in Exeter, Devon, England. <laughs> and I enrolled in my favourite subjects from school, which were English and French. I loved French, but at college, the French teacher was old, fuddy-duddy, I didn't like anything about the classes, and across the quad were these people having fun doing something called drama. And so I went over and had a go, and I asked if I could switch, and I was allowed to, so that's how it was, by fluke, really. The, um, the lecturer, the main lecturer was really only one for this drama course in, at St Luke's College in Exeter, was called David Kemp, and he was an associate of Brian Wayne. I don't know if you or the viewers would remember Brian Wayne, but he was the icon at the time, and this was his book, and I still have it. <laughs> A bit dog-eared, but I still have it. Brian Wayne had something called the Theatre Centre, and he had um, developed this new thing called developmental drama. So um, I think before that, teachers might have taught a bit of speech, a bit of elocution, that kind of thing, and schools would have put on plays. This is in England. I'm sure nothing was happening in in Australia, absolutely nothing. Um, So so there's developmental drama, and, I mean, if you just have to look through the the chapter titles and you get a drift of what it was all about, it was begin from where you are, imagination, movement and the use of sound, speaking sensitivity and characterization, improvisation, um, playmaking and play building. And it really was all about taking the individual, the student, and developing them from where they were. So it was really an emphasis on self-development, developing self-confidence, using improvisation and what we now know as dramatic skills and dramatic exercises. So that was what it was all about. And that's why we were all having such fun, because we were discovering ourselves. And somewhere in there, we had to actually go out and do it with kids in schools, <laughs> which was not a problem, really. Um, so that's how I got involved. Um, and I particularly enjoyed the, the children's theatre uh, elective, which was great. We got to do plays, we got to go out in schools, and it was Brian Way again who wrote the plays, and it was this particular sort of style of play. The students sat all around us in the round. We performed in the middle. So, for instance, you know, I was playing Pinocchio in the Pinocchio play, and I had to talk to the audience and get them to be trees so I could hide amongst them, etc., etc. So it was such fun. So when um, I graduated in 1969, uh, a group of us decided we'd go to Canada because uh, David Kemp, our lecturer, was going over there every summer 
to teach at um, Kingston University in Ontario, introducing this whole uh, concept of developmental drama into Canada. And he kept saying, come on, we need more of you. We need to spread the word in Canada. So a group of us went. And hence, I never actually taught in England. Um, My husband or ex-husband, some people will know, David Lander was one of the people who came with us and we, we stayed. The others all, I think, went back in the end to England. But we stayed and became pioneers of this developmental drama <laughs> in Canada. It was great. It took us right across the country. I think I worked in every province of the country and um, it, it introduced the whole thing to Canadian teachers and so on. And then at some point... Um, Dave was interview- was met or interviewed by Ron Danielson, who was running the drama department, again, very, very new at Melbourne State College, which is, was, has now merged and evolved into ex- uh, Melbourne University Education Faculty. Um, and he invited Dave to come be a lecturer. So we came to Australia, so that, that was it. Because once I got here, I had a small child, and I kind of... I had to find my way um, here. I started off teaching at a school, Burwood High, which I think is gone. And uh, then I started... And very, drama was already a subject? Well, it was, just, again, just starting here. So, again, right. we were pioneers. And right. so we but ended were you employed up, as a drama teacher? Well, we ended right. up mainly, like Dave was at Melbourne State College training teachers, and I ended up at, the, um, at a Catholic um, uni- university college. In, it was the back of Chadston Shopping Centre. I think it's now gone. Um, training Make Catholic teachers. Yeah. Yes. So we both really sort of kind of bypassed the school thing for a while. Well, I did. I should just speak about myself. And um, trained teachers. And they got to a point where I thought, I really, I really want to teach kids myself. This is insane. I'm telling others what to do. And I really don't have the hands-on experience. I felt guilty. So I, when our kids were older... Canada enough, wasn't I, enough? Pardon? You were teaching in every province? In yes, but it was the same thing. I don't know. It, it was exciting there. It was exciting here. But I wanted. I just started wanting to get my hands you know, into the classroom. I wanted, yeah. I wanted my feet into the classroom. So I started off at Burwood. And then um, NLC. NLC part-time because my children were small. And then a job came up in a Catholic college in Hawthorne, which is now closed. It was called Kilmora College, and I was there for 10 years And that, that, as, as a drama teacher. I just loved it. I just loved it. I could go on. <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, no, I, OK. But, so you know, we, yeah. we do have lots to get yeah. through. So what are some of the major changes that you've seen in drama education over the, that yeah. period of time? Well, What's see, the... now I've explained what it was when yes. I got involved. Yes. It really did evolve. And while I was at Kilmore in those 10 years, I somehow got invited by Rod Parnell to be involved in the development of the VCE drama subject and vicariously theatre studies as well. And so we touched on this previous in our previous interview. Mm. We were we were talking about the difference between the the old uh, um, VCE days. Um, it was HSC. HSC. Thank you. Mm. Um, and then the VCE cats. That's right. And then the v- could could you talk us through those? Well, HSC two was kind of do whatever you like. Uh, there was a syllabus. I remember some. St- thin pamphlet, really, with guidelines. I have no idea what was in it. But I guess you did what you like, basically, you know, along the, the lines of... But there was theater. no division between drama and theatre studies. Oh, it was God, just no. one no, it was subject. Just drama. It's called drama. Yes. yes. So you could put on a play, or you could not put on a play. You could do a movement piece, I guess, <laughs> if you don't remember. But 
if the, I do just remember when you know there's a question about highs and lows. One of my lows was that the kids I taught were not high academic achievers by any means. There were some in the school, but they didn't do drama. This is another thing, of course. Drama had a low profile. It's much higher now. Um, so the kids I taught, I could give them B plus A even for you know having improved over the year. Once the BCE came in, and it was very different because, as you say, it was there was a clear syllabus. There were the areas of study. There were the cats, the, you know, the common assessment tasks that had to be done, and there was written work. Written work, for God's sake, you didn't do written work in drama before, <laughs> really. I mean, some teachers might have set something, but I barely ever did because my kids, as I say, they love drama, and I could see them flourishing without writing a thing. Um, so it, it really was a major shift. The idea behind the Blackburn Report, as, as everyone knows, of course, was that every student should be on, an, on, a, on a, a level playing field. So science should be on a par with drama, which, of course, the science teacher thought was a laugh, and how could that possibly be? But if you look at the drama solo performance now, it's tough. It's a tough task, always was, has continued to be, and it's just as hard as science, I'm sure. You know. Harder. I think. You reckon? You teach yeah. it, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes. Well, of course, then I had to start teaching. Well, these students have to be historians, don't they? Yeah. I mean, the, the research to. skill of a great historian. Yeah, and well-read. And well-read and, and extremely well-written yeah. and beautifully yeah. edited. So they need the skills of a great literature student, yes. plus they need the performance skills. Exactly. So it's I, a it's hard task. multidisciplinary, yeah. and yeah. it's an extremely complex beast. Yes, and when we had the ensemble which went by the way by the, by the way, by the wayside um, that was hard too because I, my daughter was did, did, did drama um, at VCE level and I remember you know getting involved in her ensemble because mm. they were fighting amongst themselves and you know all that had to be resolved plus completing the task which was the same as the drama solo you know in terms of what you just said history and literature and being well read etc etc but with a group, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a hard call. Hmm. And that was another major change when we moved from uh, an externally assessed ensemble piece to an internally yes. assessed ensemble By then piece. I had stopped teaching, so right. uh, yeah, that would have been a bit of a gift, I think, <laughs> to be able to assess it yourself. I mean, the task is still hard, but there's a little less pressure, I assume, on the students to not have to front up to those three assessors behind yeah, the desk. Yeah, I, I, wonder, I wonder whether the quality of the work might have dropped as a result of not being externally assessed. Best if I don't, best if I don't comment. <laughs> <laughs> because I was an assessor for years. Um, as I say, I got involved right from the very beginning. I was on a panel for this and a panel for that and somehow became an assessor, you know. And Can we talk about those panels? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so we had panels for the cats and we moderated them. So, you know, we got samples of work coming in and you were not supposed to know who the teachers were. Oh, I think you did actually to start with. You did know who the teachers were. Um, it was a bit of a closed circuit in a way because, you know, the t teachers who were on the panel were also their work, their kids' work was coming in. It's all be become much more civilised since then and, and fair. But um, it was exhilarating. And so I was teaching full-time, I had two kids, and yet, you know, this, this new thing was happening, this drama and theatre studies as well, and just wanted to be involved. And the cold face and I was honoured to have been asked, and, it, it, you know, it was great. Um, so we... 
so I got involved mainly in drama. I have to say the theatre studies uh, was... I did the assessing the theatre studies, but I was mainly involved in the development of the drama course. And eventually, so I have to mention, I have to take my hat off to Rod Pannell, um, of course. Yeah, we're very fortunate that he's going to be in Yes, interview. he's coming to yeah. yeah. Because he drove the whole thing. He took an awful lot of flack. I remember going to sessions around, the, the, you know, in, in, in schools where, where teachers were allowed to come and give feedback and, and input, etc. And most of them came to make complaints. Most of them were saying, you don't want this, we don't want this, you know, we want to keep it the way it is and specific complaints about the course which he had to take and it must have been very hard, very hard indeed. And he had the whole thing, theatre studies and drama as well. Yeah, uh, but anyway, he... But scared. you were converted, obviously, oh. at a very early stage. Yes, even though my students were obviously going to struggle, I, I think I was caught up in the, in the race of let's get this new thing happening, you know, and it was challenging for my brain as well, and I think that's something that, that's good for everybody and every teacher. I always encourage teachers to do professional development and drama teachers to try and get involved in assessing. I know it's not, they can't all be, but just to keep on top of the game, really. Um, and Rod eventually resigned from the post or whatever happened and what happened so that's right at that time my coincided with Kilmore actually closing I think the time is right I think this time is right Kilmore closed and I thought to myself I think I've had enough of teaching so by sheer dint of perse- perseverance, I got myself into theatre administration and I was um, managing polyglot puppy theatre. Pu- pu- I remember. theatre. <laughs> um, but still continuing with all this drama work because that was really my passion, I think, by then. And uh, Rod, at the end of my polyglot days, that's right, that's when Rod did resign and they had to finally advertise the position of Chief Assessor for Drama and Chief Assessor for Theatre Studies and that sort of thing and I applied for the drama one and I got it. So for a few years I was the Chief Assessor for Drama. Um, that's the performance side of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was that was great too. I had, Then I got myself into the VCAA or VCAR and uh, was working in the public affairs area and I wasn't allowed to work on the side for the drama people, so I had to stop. Ah, okay. So I had to put a pause on all of that, although I was involved in a season of excellence, so I didn't really stop. I was still, you know, comparing the concerts and involved in the panels to select the students before, so I've never really stopped being involved, mm. which is great. Mm. Um, the, uh, the insights that you have into that whole process, the VCAA process and the um, assessor training, uh, could you give us some feedback or some, some information about what you've seen over the years? I remember that fantastic story you told me on a plane trip um, from Albury back to Melbourne. Um, it was a beautiful story about how I became an assessor. Um, and it was the uh, one person had been on leave and um, someone had stepped into that role who had minimal experience. And from all the people who had applied to become assessors that year, had sent out a letter to all of them saying, thank you for your... Um, do you remember this story? Okay. 
Um, <laughs> I'll remind you. Yeah, um, so, uh, thank you for your application. Uh, please come to Xavier College on this date uh, where you will have your training. And someone rang you as the chief assessor to say, I'm sorry, I'm not available on that day. Um, and you had checked the list and went, no, no, but you're not supposed to be assessing. Do you remember the story? I don't. <laughs> Going, it's fun. Okay. So, uh, you had to suddenly, you suddenly realised that the person, the work experience person, had sent out this, this letter to everybody who had applied, um, telling them that they'd been accepted as assessors. And you had to go through the entire list and call up all those people who had applied and say, I'm so sorry, there's been a clerical error. <laughs> And you haven't been accepted. And the only reason I had been allowed to go through the yes pile, um, and there were two of us um, out of that group of people who had applied, was one that you knew me from um, Polyglot, uh, and two, that you had um, looked up the Bialik results and they had done quite well. As you continue to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the other girl was a regional girl, mm. and you needed need more, regionals. more regionals. So can you just talk through, <laughs> now that I reminded you of the, <laughs> the story, the, the, the experience of being in that position where you had to decide um, or, or make choices about who is assessor worthy or who is part of that that panel from the well, outside. Yes, you. Um, I have a vague memory of it now. You say that that was really, that was very embarrassing. Clearly, <laughs> um, and I've tried to push it out of my memory. Clearly, um, it, out. it is tough because, especially in the early days, I don't know what it's like now in terms of applications. And I got a feeling that the VCAA makes more of the decisions, possibly. I mean. Because the staff at VCAR have become very familiar with the drama. At the beginning, it was all new for everybody. And mm. the, the drama teachers were involved. We knew what we were talking about. But the people at VCAR were just, we thought, just you know, the public servants. And they didn't know anything. But they have become involved, some of them. And they do know what's going on. So I think they're more involved in the selection. But at the time, it was just me. And I would obviously consult. I always have been a consultative type of person. Mm. And so I would ask other people, who do you think, you know, apart from looking at their application on paper, who, you know, what, what are their credentials, do you think? So that, that's my memory of, because I don't know that we got a lot of applications every year. Mm. You're the ones that, that year, we would have got all the, all the ones who are already on the list, plus the new ones who are the wannabes and... The wannabes all got a letter, obviously, poor things. <laughs> and then, of course, once they're all selected, we have the training day. The mandatory yeah, training the day. The mandatory <laughs> training day, which was always tough, tough for me as the chief assessor because it's not like maths. I mean, we all know this with drama and the creative subject. It's not like maths. There is no right and wrong or wrong answer. The whole thing is open to interpretation. We also know from sitting as the three assessors in endless exam rooms that, um, yeah, we're usually on the on a par, but sometimes somebody's completely on a different tangent, and we're not supposed to talk. There comes a time when you might want, you know, if you might want to say something, and, and um, 
it's difficult. You know, you want to abide by the rules, but by the same token, we're all a collegiate group, and we want to talk amongst ourselves. And, um, and so on that training day, it's, there's so many. There was, mm. as I recall, so many. It's, and it was impossible in the short span of time to make sure that everybody was marking at the same level. And so you just kind of was, let them go out there on a wish and a prayer. And hope it all works out. And hope the computer takes those three... Um, R's or whatever they're called, yep. uh, and sorts it out. And now, being a, this is interesting. From when then, I when I was working at Vika in public affairs, I would often be on the other end of the phone with a parent, furious at their child's drama result. My child, she's been to drama school and she's this and that. She's brilliant, you know. She's been in the school play. And I had to politely listen to all this. And, of course, I could come, come from somewhere completely sympathetic and empathetic in answering that poor mum or dad because I know exactly where they're coming from. Mm. It could be a variety of reasons. The teacher has maybe told this kid she's brilliant, given, given her A's all along, and actually she's not. When you look at the criteria which we have, you know, I mean, there's all... There's all <sighs> Creativity is impossible to judge, you go into an art gallery, and you finish them. And you know, some people will like the paintings, other people will loathe them. What I what what can I get? What yes. can I say? All I can say is thank is goodness. In the and it's thank goodness it's still <laughs> on the on the on the syllabus. Yeah. But it's it's a tough one to to actually assess. So going right back to you know the move from HSC to VCE was really a, a, a tough call for a lot of us drama teachers. That being said, I, I do feel that, you know, from the inside, that 95%, 99% sometimes, we get it right. And, yes. Yeah. And that an A-plus scores an A-plus. And a, now. Yes. Everyone knows now. It's become, we know what to do. Oh, you, you guys know what to do. Cool. Um, so what are some of the highs and lows of your career? Well... There aren't many lows, fortunately. Um, I do remember back in, in Canada when it was so new, you know, constantly writing to education boards, trying to, you know, fight for my subject, and sometimes getting nowhere. And that was not exactly low, perhaps, but you know, debilitating, uh, demoralising, I suppose. I mm. uh, don't want to dwell on that really. Um, <laughs> I have already mentioned the low of the kids doing HSC, suddenly floundering in the VCE. And the high is definitely, I think, well, as you can tell from my enthusiasm, the whole thing's been a high, really. But, but being involved in the, the developing the solo performance criteria and format, which has hardly changed since, I can't actually remember, 1990-something. Before my time. Before yeah. It's hardly changed. So I was comparing the top-class drama this year in the wings and looking and thinking... Resis is fabulous. You know, I know sometimes people in the audience don't always know what's going on because they haven't read Done all the research, all, <laughs> research like the students and the assessors, but um, they always enjoy themselves. But I can kind of tell, you know, I can see where they've, how they've, those three dot points, and you know, you know, you know I just, that's a high to see that it's, it's, it has stood the test of time. And, and yeah. flourishes. And flourishing. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the most memorable experiences. Well, I have to say, the easiness with which I spent 10 years at Kilmore College. There was no struggle, really. The girls, were all girls' school, that's like, for me, it was great. I did, I have tried co-ed and I prefer to teach, teach all girls. They were so enthusiastic, with the odd exception, you know. But And I had my own drama room, which was some old 
well, I have to say, rather like, you know, Drama Victoria office, a small area. It was about this size, carpeted. I had a cupboard full of props. I had a little annex full of costumes. I had milk crates. Don't tell them. And the girls were just rushing. And, you know, they were just so enthusiastic. And, and we just did wonderful things. And we created, created, created. Krotowski yeah. and theatre with, with milk crates. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they, that was blissful. And at the end of the day, sometimes I'd be going off to Board of Studies, as it was called, then to meetings. So <laughs> they were definitely the high years. Before BCAA, it was called Board of Well, they just changed names with the government. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. the last few government changes, they've realised that's stupid and they'll just stick with BCAA, yeah. even though... You know. Otherwise, you have to print a whole bunch of more exactly. stationery. What expense. <laughs> Waste of expense. So you mentioned Rod Parnell, mm. but some of the other great collaborators, mentors that you've had the opportunity yeah. to work with. Well, David Kent was fa- fabulous. Yeah. Might have died by now, I don't know. But when so when we went to Canada, um, as I say, we went to all the provinces. We started off in Ontario. And did, we were doing children. I, I should speak this. I was doing children's theatre mainly, and then going off and teaching in libraries and so on. And then we, I, we, my ex-husband and I, went to Victoria on the far west coast of Canada to the University of Victoria because Professor Richard Courtney, who was a POM, you know, another person who moved to spread the word into, into the North American, uh, to North America, um, he was the key person. So I'm sure he has died by now, but he gave, he brought some sort of gravitas to what we were doing after all these fun-filled years of, you know, prancing around and so on and having fun. What, he brought us down to earth a little bit. There was more theatre involved. We had to do plays. We had to put on full-on productions, which was great when I got to Australia and the BCE and all that. I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, yeah, so Richard Courtney. And Dorothy Heathcote, if anybody remembers her. Mm. She was a fabulous English drama educator with a, her own particular brand of taking ordinary situations and getting kids totally immersed in it so, as a learning experience and I did a lot of that in my years at Kilmora yeah. Great yeah. Um, Your favourite professional learning experience or favourite professional learning experiences I don't think I saw that question if I missed that one That's alright, we can move on Professional learning experience <laughs> Mr Page um, well, oh yeah, being involved. Oh no, well that that, that was my answer actually. My my favourite professional learning experience was actually being working with Dorothy Heathcote. Oh wow! Because at the time, remember this is pre VCE. At the time, that seemed to me the total culmination of all this drama and you know pulling together all the threads. There was speech involved, there was movement involved, there was improvisation involved, but there was a focus and there was research and the kids had to totally immerse themselves in whatever the learning situation was. For instance, um, one of the things I remember that she did was, how is a book created? So the kids were role-playing the whole business of of, of a publisher, which is interesting because I'm now in that business myself, but... (laughs) Her goal was that they would then respect a book. They wouldn't just toss a book around. They would realise a book had gone through a lot of work and process, you know, to, to be to be created. And I thought that was great. That was kind of combining other subjects with drama. And then I really made a push for that. Not that I got that far, but there was one school in Melbourne at the time where the drama teacher had that that 
uh, luxury of working across the curriculum. You know, we'll learn our history with some drama. We'll learn the kind of way you can in a, pri- in a primary mm. school, difficult in the secondary school. Yeah. So that was kind of, I thought she was exciting, yeah. And uh, the secrets to uh, longevity in, in the drama teaching career or drama education? Well, I think always trying something new and um, getting involved in professional development if you can. Um, perhaps perhaps teaching something else as well, which I never did, to make sure you keep your sanity and your health <laughs> because it's, it's hard work. It's hard work. Long hours. Long hours <laughs> and, and, yeah. And the kids, I'm sure it's still the same, the kids kind of relate to you in a different way to a lot of the other teachers and they often tell you their problems and you become a psychologist and... Yeah. It's more than yes. just... Yeah, so you need your own private life as well, if you can, and so on. Mm. Um, so any advice that you'd pass on to yeah. the, the new drama education? I would say this. We're living in a time of incredible change. Robots are going to take over. <laughs> we have to make sure that drama stays on the um, curriculum because it's proven that creativity is the way forward, the way to keep... Um, people going and if, if, if all the jobs are going to go because robots take them over we have to be creative in thinking about what we're going to do so Absolutely. keep drama on the curriculum There was an article in The Age recently about um, the two main skills that businesses want yes. um, creativity okay, yeah. and, and uh, collaboration skills Yeah. And, and you get both of it There we go, drama. There exactly. we go. Yeah. Now you brought along yes, one artefact the book. Yep. Um, but Show it again. <laughs> I guess I finished it too quickly. But you brought 1967. It. Yeah, that's <laughs> the year I was born. Else. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought on another other. So this has been with me since probably 1960, or maybe 1970 or something. It's just a handy thing. You know, it used to be you know, when they were running around the room, you know, they'd stop them, freeze framing, whatever, uh, building tension. Um, also, there was a symbol as well. There is a symbol as well, but I didn't bring that. It was too pretty, but I still have them. Can you believe Awesome. <laughs> awesome thinking technique. Much better than the... The, the whistle. Ref- referee whistle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and associations beyond drama, uh, VCAA, um, Board of Studies, uh, that you've been involved in. Well, I think I belonged... To, I, belong, I used to belong to Drama Victoria from the beginning. When ah. it started, I remember in the 70s, Vardy. back in... Uh, Vardy. yes. Back at Melbourne State College when Kate Donnell and all those people were involved. And uh, I did give a paper... At the Idea Congress in Norway wow. in 2000 on our fabulous drama solo performance because it's completely unique and I just wanted everyone in the world to know about <laughs> it. Worked at the VCAR or the VCAA and I'm still there a little bit now. I'm just involved in the playlist selection for the drama and theatre studies this year. So um, it's an honour to be involved in this world. In Carol, this thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. May you continue all your drama teachers <laughs> for a very long time. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com.
Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. Thank you.